Hello and welcome to Unstoppable. I'm your host, Kerwin Ray, and today we talk all things that need to be done before you die with Seb Terry. Seb Terry is the founder of 100 Things, which is a global philanthropic movement. This concept is based on a bucket list concept. It's actually been turned into a best-selling book, The 100 Things, and an ESPN documentary, The 100 Things to Do Before You Die, and most recently, the US-based 26-episode reality TV show, 100 Things. Sebastian is also a keynote speaker where his keynote, 100 Things, has been delivered on all seven continents to over 250,000 people worldwide. He is currently a national ambassador for Make-A-Wish Foundation Australia, and he's raised over $400,000 for various charities. Now, the thing I love about Seb more than anything else. His journey, this whole movement was created when he found out that his friend, 24, had passed away when backpacking, which made him question life and happiness. So if you're a little bit unsure about where you are or the decisions you're making right now or what's really a priority, then this is one you're going to want to listen to. Listen up. This episode is brought to you by Nail It and Scale It, the world's leading fast growth program for businesses. If you have ever wanted to grow your business faster than what you can right now, if you need to make more revenue, if you need more leads, if you need more clients, if you need to know how to plan your business in a strategic way in order to hit big goals, if you need to learn how to scale your business and grow your team and your business so that you have more freedom, then this program is for you. Imagine three days immersed with me where we cover all aspects of business, but we do it from an immersive, but also an execution standpoint. We execute every step of the way and we're looking at five key areas we're looking at your psychology we're looking at your marketing your sales your leadership and we're looking at your planning and how we integrate these five key areas to grow your business and your brand quickly so if you'd like to find out more information kerwinray.com ladies and gentlemen it is my absolute honor and great privilege to welcome to the podcast to unstoppable sebastian terry how are you mate i'm epic i'm, I'm really good thank you, you. <laughs> He is epic, despite the fact he's got one eye hanging lower than the other. He's just done a 1.5k swim. I did. I from did. Manly to Shelley Beach. Uh, he's in the middle of a cleanse with above ground vegetables only. Yeah. Because we don't trust anything that grows below the line. Suspicious. And uh, yeah, mate, you've been you've just got back from Ireland where apparently you were touring with Guinness. Yeah, I did. I had a couple of Guinness. I was actually there to do a talk. Right. And then, uh, and then afterwards I thought, well, why not stay? I've got fam- a family over yep. there, it seems. And uh, so I was kind of exploring the family tree. Which is on my list. Right. Yeah. You, so you climbed the family tree. I uh, I try. It was. It's actually a long journey. It's a yeah. big tree. It's a big tree. So, uh, but a week of like running around and just limbs or roots as well. Um, no, I don't trust anything like you below, below the ground. ground. So yeah. only above. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, the Irish are friendly. Very friendly. Oh my god! It's all the Guinness. It, right. <laughs> They're drunk all the time. That's yeah. why they're so friendly. I actually broke up a fight on the last night. I was there. The wow, weirdest that thing. Is game, uh, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah that's well, game. Yeah, I mean, it's probably because I had a couple of Guinness. I thought I could. <laughs> <laughs> Seemed to work. Though. Yeah, but what, one thing's interesting, uh, and most people don't know this unless they've been there. The Guinness in Ireland tastes so much better. Than anywhere else in the world. Did you did you discover this? Well, I don't typically drink Guinness. Okay. Full stop. But I'm going to say that because it makes me sound cultured. Right. Yeah. Well, my advice is go. And, well, you can't now because you're on a fucking cleanse. But mm. when you're off the cleanse, go and try a Guinness because that was the first thing I did. I was like, I, I went to Ireland. I drank Guinness before, and I was like, Yeah. There's something different. They're like, Yeah, we save the good stuff for the locals. <laughs> and then I got back to to England, and I was like, I want, I, I want a Guinness. I'm like, I'm onto this stuff. I was like, Nah, it's just not the same. Yeah. No, I I really enjoyed a couple of those actually. They told me they made it with the muddy sewer water. 
water or something. They said that's something that's one of the secret ingredients. But anyway, <laughs> so Sebastian Cherry, you uh, you're a pretty incredible dude for a whole range of reasons. Um, not just because you wear bare feet, not just because you uh, you do big swims, but uh, your stories are quite incredible. So before we jump deep and wide into your story, in a little bit of a nutshell, like you're known as the as the as as the as the as the hundred things guy, right? Uh, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Um, not the bucket list guy. No, the hundred things guy. So, what is, what, what, what is your what is your jam? Well, or I peanut butter or peanut butter and jam. I don't even know how to explain this in a short. But basically, I have a list of a hundred things I'm trying right. to do to be happier in life. And uh, and I don't like the term bucket list because I think it's very death centric. Yeah, it is. Very fear driven, like yeah. things to do before you die. Yeah, right. So, but but yeah, it was just a very a personal. Bucket, if they have a hole in them, they run out. I don't even get it. I don't, do but, I. but it's just a list, and I think ultimately I'm just trying to live well and yeah. try and you know I, I guess on a, a slightly deeper level try and find purpose and passion and me and all that sort of stuff and I've been doing it for about nine and a half years wow and it's turned into this kind of um I, I've, t- I've ticked off 72 things and it, this whole thing accidentally resonated with a big audience and um globally and it got turned into all these shows and books and you know speaking at your event I'd love doing that and uh I, but it's led kind of into this this space of helping people I, I it's more kindness orientated now so I spend all my energy um you know connecting strangers to engage in acts of kindness yes because I believe uh, we're all kind and we're just not sure how to access that sometimes. Yeah, and right. Yeah, so that's that in a nutshell. And you even launched a new platform, which we'll talk about later, called Kindsome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. which is about helping connect people to do kind stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's things happening all the time. Just in Manly yesterday, a girl who'd hurt her back sailing uh, needed help hanging a heavy mirror on her wall. So she put it on Kindsome and someone, a complete stranger, yeah, right. helped to do it yesterday. Hashtag first world problems. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I stretched my back while sailing on the open sea. <laughs> She actually broke it. Oh, she fuck. Broke. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. She's Take that back. Yeah, Take yeah. that back. Well, actually, she's Guilt. here. Oh, no, shit. No, she's not. Guilt. She's not. <laughs> Guilt piling on below vegetables. Let's talk about vegetables. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so look, let's talk about where this story began because, you know, a lot of people say they've got a, you know, they have a bucket list and we don't like to use that term, but they have a list of things they want to do, you know, while they're still alive, while they've still got juice in them. Most people wait until it's too late, until their body is starting to break down before they even consider doing anything exciting with their life. Because, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to have this goal and you know, I want to retire by I'm 45 or retire by I'm 65. But most people, by the time they retire... They're not really in any physical, mental, or health kind of shape mm. to do what it is that they do. Your story is quite interesting. You had a uh, an experience early in life that really kind of rattled you to the core, that made you reassess everything. Mm. So let's go back to the beginning of this journey. Like, what is it that made you know? Because you're a smart guy, young, fit, healthy, very, very good looking oh, guy. I'll take that. I've seen your girlfriends, uh, but what is it that <laughs> created this kind of desire to just you know throw? Throw you know, throw everything in there and go. You know what? I'm just going to do the things that I want to do. Yeah, it, it's funny. I mean, like, we do typically wait too late, and I, and I see it every day, as I'm sure you do as well. And for, for me, everyone's got a different story. Unfortunately, it typically takes something of a darker nature for us to look at something lighter. Let's say, uh, for me, yeah, I finished high school, no idea what I wanted to do. Told by my career advisor, I should get a degree. So I got a degree. Three and a half years later, heaps of debt. I graduated and I was just... What was your degree? Uh, get this, human movement. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. I, I have it. I don't know what it means, but I have right. it. And uh, Humans moving. I think, I so. think so. Yeah. I don't have a degree, but that's my guess. Yeah. No, I, you would have passed. Yeah. And, and I have it. And I was just really underwhelmed. I was like super lost. And I was like, why is that? I was told this would light up the path. And I became curious, started backpacking around the world. And then um, I was 24 in Canada and I received a phone call late one night and it was a, a good buddy of mine from Sydney. And he broke the news that one of my good mates growing up, a guy called Chris, uh, had passed away overnight, very suddenly, very tragically, 
I'm so sorry to hear that. How old was he? He was 24. We, yeah, right. Yeah. We, we went to school together and surfed and had beers. And, you know, like he, he, everyone knew Chris. He was yeah. loved in, in Avalon on the northern beaches. Is that right? Yeah. And, it, you know, uh, for me, I guess those moments, that, that was, you know, that was a dark moment, of course, um, for lots of people. And for, for me, it just made me kind of ask a lot of questions about life and what's important. And was he happy if he got to live again? If he had another 24 years, would he do the same things or would he change everything? And I thought about it. And of course, I never got to ask him, but I, I kind of like reflected on my experience with Chris and just knowing what he was like. And I don't think he would have changed a thing if he was given another 24 years. He loved the beaches. He loved his mates. He loved, you know, he just loved being him, basically. And I thought, well, that's a life far too short, but well lived. You know, congratulations, basically. And then I turned on myself the same question. And I thought, well, if I was to die today, could I look back and say the same stuff? If I die today, could I look back at my life, everything that's happened up until now, and, and be happy? And I looked at my life from a different perspective instantly for the first time in my life. And I just realized instantly I was super unhappy. No idea who I was. Didn't know my values. Didn't know what I stood for. Didn't know what really excited me. And that was that. And I just thought, I've got to change this. And I thought, well, if I want to prioritize happiness, which for me was the thing, because I felt mm. very unhappy, how do I do that? So I just created a list of things that I thought might make me happy. Things that might make me smile, things that might make me grow more, experience the world in a different way, get out of my comfort zone. And, and that was my list of 100 things. And um, the little bit I can chuck in there also is that I put this list together. I then started a business because, again, I was like, well, I can't do the list. That doesn't make sense. No one does that. So I started this business. Didn't make any money. Took to it two years. I, was, uh, I wasn't depressed, but I, uh, but I was super sad. And, like, again, I'd just gone back into this old habit of just conforming. And then at one point I broke down in the back of a cab um, one night and, uh, and I thought, that's it. I've got to get that list. Um, so I got it out of my drawer. Looked at it and I thought, I'm going to drop everything in my life to pursue this. And, and, and so I did. <laughs> and so when Chris died, he was 24. How old were you? I was 24, 25. You were 24, 25. And how long did it take for this to kick in? So it was about two years later. Yeah, it was well, actually left on my 28th birthday. Yeah, right. Um, so the beginning of the list was when I was sort of like 25. And then yep. it took, you know, another three years, the business thrown in the middle there type yep. thing. I left on the 9th of June, 2009. Um, and... You know, now we're sort of almost 10 years on. Almost 10 years on. And I, I guess the question would be, like, you t- you've taken a massive risk. Like, you, re- you are quite nomadic in the way that you've approached this. Yeah. Do you consider yourself to be successful um, in life? Not in... And then again, let's, I want to kind of throw out the, 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 the book of comparison of how we look at success. Mm. I'm curious to know from your perspective, do yeah. you see yourself as someone who is living a, a successful life based on how you judge success? Yeah, well, I, I, I wouldn't change my life for a billion dollars. So, you know, that's my answer. Not even a billion. A billion. I, I, a million. Maybe a million. No, <laughs> I wouldn't. I, no, I feel great. I sleep well. I sing in the shower. And, uh, and I yeah, feel right. I'm purpose-driven every day. You know, now, like, I can't tell you how excited I was to come in and talk to you. You know, and I, and I thankfully have that every single day. That's so um, cool. You know, I'm flying to Melbourne after this to do a talk tomorrow morning to a real estate, and then I'm flying to Brisbane for another thing, and I just wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. Um, and I'm so glad the journey's sort of outgrown this story of one man and his list. It's now about people globally. And yeah. I live in LA, and I love, I can't wait to go back, and I, I'm back in Sydney for another talk in a couple of weeks. And I don't know. Yeah, everything's, it's a beautiful accident. There was never any design. And I feel great. Well, the reason I ask is, you know, there was the happiness. There's been many happiness studies in positive psychology, but there's one um, statistic that really strikes me, and I talk about it a lot. And that, whereas um, they say people who are already happy are 78 percent more likely to experience success in their life. 
versus people who chase happiness as a goal, mm. which is kind of interesting because most people are going, well, once I do this, once I have the girl, once I have the car, the house, the business, the money, then I'll give myself permission to be happy. You kind of reverse the whole scenario. And you, want, you know what? I'm just going to fucking do what makes me happy. But as a result, you've created this incredibly epic, epically successful life by anyone's standards based on your ability to be, do, experience and have the things that most people dream of. It, it's so interesting you say that. Um, I'm not like a stats person, but that makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, I, 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 what's interesting is a lot of people know me for... Well, just so you're clear, 98.4% of all statistics are made up made on the up. spot. I did yeah. hear that too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm known for the person who has the hundred things. And the questions are, you know, what was the most exciting? What was the funniest? What was the this, that, and the other? And what I've discovered is this journey's really got nothing to do with a hundred things. Um, it doesn't matter whether I do a hundred things. It's, it's, and this is, I'm, I'm learning this retrospectively, but it's just a vehicle for me to kind of experience every day in a way that, again, I feel very purpose driven. And I, I, I think that ultimately what I've done is just sort of tried to find myself, not to sound too profound or anything. And I, I think for me, that's kind of, whether that's success or just being able to sing in the shower every day, you know, happily, whatever the, the definition of success is, um, I've just sort of found myself and I'm learning to be myself every single day. Do you ever find yourself being grateful for Chris giving his life? Because sometimes people look back on, you know, situations in their life and they have regret. You know, they, they lose someone, they lose something and they go, oh, geez, I wish I, wish, I wish I could go back in time and change that because, you know, it's just something that doesn't sit right with them. Whereas for others, they, they reach a point in life where they look back and they go, wow, you know, I may have lost something, but I'm so grateful for what I got and I actually wouldn't change a thing. So if you could go back to that moment mm. and prevent Chris's tragedy from happening, would you do it? Yeah, I would, definitely. Um, no, I definitely would. I, I, I'm not, uh, I, I, I do understand where you're going with that. Um, but no, I, I would, have, I, I, everyone would much prefer Chris to be alive and here with us now. I think though the concept of death and loss and these darker moments in our lives is, you know, it, it's, it, they're not often the things that define and, you know, de- define us and the people the people affected by it. It's, it's often our response, or it's only our response. Yeah. You know, and uh, again, I'm not good with the stats or these analogies, but someone did hear, tell me something the other day, which I quite liked, and it was there was twins, two of them, funnily yep. enough. One was uh, <laughs> one was super successful, healthy, all the good things. One, the other was unsuccessful, unhealthy, blah blah blah. They got asked the question, "Why are you the way you are?" And they both answered the same, and they said, "Because uh, my dad was an alcoholic." And again, it's sort of, for me, it's just, you know, I, I think in everything, including death, there's an opportunity for us to learn from it and grow from it. So, um, yeah, no, I'm, I, I would definitely have Chris back. But, you know, reality being a reality, he, he did pass away. And uh, for me, it acted as a, an incredible catalyst for me to change and improve my life. So I am grateful. I, I'm grateful for him. So what are some of the highlights of this list ticking exercise that you've gone through so far? Yeah. Well, like, you've done some crazy shit. You mm. you married somebody? I did marry a stranger yeah. in Las Vegas. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is like nine years ago now, right? So right. Um, I'm super proud I did it back then. It's not representation of me now because yeah. the lists are attributed to values and blah, blah, blah. So has the list evolved? Kind of, yeah. It's in like, a- have you gone back to that list at any point and gone, you know what, I'm going to cross that one out because I'm a different person now and add something new? Well, it's so interesting. Again, I mean, yeah, my experience, yes, but it's in a book and it's known. So I can't can't change it, yeah, right. but I've stopped my list at 72 because the list was essentially founded on who I was 10 years ago. And I'm really different now. You know, it's not about the adrenaline and the, the thrill seeking and the breaking the shackles. Now it's much more about connection and I'm making a positive difference. I want to embrace that. And, you know, why am I here today? Well, I think people listening might get something out of it, you know? Yeah. No other reason. I don't care if I'm on a podcast or not. I just think it could be beneficial for others. So, uh, you yeah. You just came here for the boiled eggs. Be honest. I did. And, 
and I mean, and, and your hospitality, thank you. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, look, there, there was kind of before the before this thing became known. Yeah. Um, there was on their drive a Ferrari down the autobahn, right, as fast as you can in Germany. And then I remember looking at it, I was like, well, that doesn't really intrigue me anymore. It was about two years mm. in, so I changed it for staying awake for seventy-two hours because I just met a guy in the army who said it was the hardest thing he'd ever done, and I thought, well, that's more of a challenge for me. So I've changed bits, and, and it was horrible, by the way. Don't ever yeah. try that. I'm, you probably have. Uh, it's disgusting. Uh, 72 hours. Well, maybe in my younger days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I know what that means. Um, so, yeah, I. Uh, smart guy. The, the list has changed, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I've stopped my list and now I just spend all my time um, putting my energy towards trying to help other people or facilitate strangers to help each other. And, and that's all I care about. Yeah, so right. if I tick something from my original list, still, great, but it's not my drive. That's kind of cool that you say that because I think sometimes people have this um, goal obligation or this synchronous obligation where I know for myself, like when I was really young, you know, I wanted to one day, you know, own a Lamborghini or own a Ferrari. And, you know, there was a long period of time there where when I was probably at my worst financially, you know, I had a beautiful car and I had fancy suits, but I was, you know, pretty much pretending on the outside. Mm. But then I got to this point in life where, you know, I could go and pay cash for a Lambo. And I was like, but I don't want it anymore. Do you think that sometimes happens for some people, but they feel obligated to, you know, to what they've written down? Completely. I mean, I, I don't have cash for a Lambo, but uh, I Ubered here actually. <laughs> <laughs> So that was a bit of a wanky thing to say. We'll just we'll talk no, about no, it. No, 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 but it's the truth, and, yeah. I, and I appreciate it. I, I no, I, I think yeah, there's definitely a thing where we have, and it's a societal thing, and I see it all the time. I get emails about it all the time. Someone achieves a goal. Typically, it's a, career, a position in, within a business. Yep. It's having a car or a house, and they get there after years and of striving towards it, and they feel really underwhelmed when they yes. get there. Yes. And I think what is 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 common at least and it doesn't happen all the time it's not the reason all the time but i think one part of it is that person hasn't checked in with their values since starting their pursuit yeah. of that goal and the values have changed over time and so they, they get evolve. there and although it resonated with their previous self it doesn't with their current self yeah which is why i think it's always important to check in with your values do you think also there's a component of this that needs to be introspective because i think you know sometimes when we're we're chasing things that are on the outside and again, I, I can relate to this, you know, when you, you, you're constantly striving for the outside, you get those things and you're like, you're happy for a little while, but then you're miserable again. Mm. What is it that is different about your journey that is allowing you to light up the way that you do mm. that although you're doing things that are perhaps, you know, they might be seen externally, they're not material from what I've seen. They're, they're very, very much not material. What is it about the things that you've pursued that fill you so full of juice? Such a good question. Um, well, I, I, I'm going to try and avoid using the word purpose again. No, um, please. I'd ask that question on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I think that um, I'm a very curious person and I think the world around me is always changing and I'm always changing. And so I'm curious about making sure that I'm still being me. Like mm -hmm. I'm just trying to be me all the time and whether people like it or they don't like it or whatever, I don't, I don't care. And I, and that's what keeps me, you know, waking up in the morning excited about stuff. Like, you know, years ago I, I would wake up, I'd look at my list and go, okay, I want to walk across the country. Let's do it. And I'd go and do it. It was France and it was awesome journey by the way. But now it's, um, you know, it's not that it's right. I, I, I'm affecting people in a really good way, I hope. And, um, you know, at the moment we're trying to find a kidney donor for someone who needs a kidney in LA and we're going to 
I think we're going to save her life. And, I, I, you know, that just drives me. So I'm very much, I kind of see the world like a child. I'm very naive, very curious. I also back myself now. It's something I've learned over time. Yeah. And, uh, and I just know that I want to throw myself at all the things that, uh, you know, all the things that kind of excite me because that's exciting. I don't want to throw myself at things that don't excite me. So you've married a stranger in Las Vegas. You've delivered a baby in Canada. You've represented the Mauritian national rugby team <laughs> at the African Championships. You broke a Guinness rec- world record where you beat the record for crushing the most amount of raw eggs with your toes for 30 seconds. <laughs> you crushed 24. Well done. Thank you so much. <laughs> the previous record was 23. Mm. You didn't waste them. You made omelets afterwards. Fuck, that's awesome. Yeah. You walked across the country, France, which you just mentioned, um, and you kissed a celebrity, Sharon. I, I actually saw oh, the video God, with Sharon funny. Osborne. Yeah. What I'm curious though, with all of this, um, because I imagine with most of what you've done, for the most part, and I'm hearing a sense of uh, that there's a change in the wind, and maybe I'm I'm wrong. That these these these, these lists, that, things on your list that you've pursued, they've been you know quite spread out around the world, mm. which has led to a very nomadic lifestyle. Yeah. But what I'm sensing now is I, I now live in LA. Mm. Like I, I get the sense that you know, although you are the hundred things guy, although you are the guy that just goes and does whatever he wants, you know, are you starting to settle down now? <laughs> Um, it's so interesting. So I, I, I'm wearing this bracelet. It's called an, my intent band. I don't yeah, even right. heard about it. And I you, haven't. It's little rings, and then you get like a word put on there. Right. What's uh, your word? Well, well, my word is home. Wow. Which is, yeah. Which is like obviously in line with your when question. When did you put that on? Uh, I reckon I put this on five months ago. Yeah. Right. And it was because I I, I moved to LA two years ago, yeah. a year and a half, two years, and uh, and I didn't know where I belonged because I am quite nomadic, right? I've been living in Sydney for years and years and years, but I was I'm always on the road, and I still am. But when I was in, uh, you know, I moved to America, all my mates here were like, okay, well, Seb's gone. He's in America. But in America, I was the Australian who would always go back to Australia for these talks and whatever. So um, I just, I was like, oh God, where am I? So uh, I just thought about the concept of home. And I I, I guess right now, um, I really feel like wherever I am, I'm home. I, 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 I refer to LA as being his home when I'm here. And when yeah. I'm in LA, I refer to Australia being home. I've just noticed this in myself. Yeah, right. Not a conscious thing. So I'm in a good place. I, I don't know if I'm settling down, but I mean, perhaps I am. Perhaps I am. I've never really, I've never been asked that. Wow, you're great. Um, but, uh, Oprah, look out. I'm coming for you. Oh my God. I just realized I want a child. <laughs> no. I've got one. He's five. He's, trust me, best thing you'll ever do. I think so though. Like, you know, as I said before, it was all adventurous and, and outward looking and let's go here and there. And I don't need to do that anymore. Um, although I, I do it now, you know, I just, I've, in the last two weeks, I've been seven cities around America speaking, went to Iceland. Uh, went to Dublin. I'm here. I'm all around Australia for the next week, and then I'm back to LA, and then I'm back. So I am still physically nomadic, but yeah, there's a sense of me um, settling down um, and trying to just ground myself a little bit so that I can really kick off kindsome. Yeah. 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 Right. So I guess my next question kind of relates to that whole settling down. Uh, relationships, marriage, kids. How do you manage that kind of? Let's start with the relationships side of things. I would Im- would imagine with your lot sort of lifestyle, relationships would be hard to to pin down. Completely, yeah. I don't look. I it, I don't really. I, I've, I've never until recently thought about it um, because I'm yeah. I, you know, if I met someone in LA, it's you know I'm here now yeah. and, I, and I'll be here plenty more this year. And uh, vice versa here back to LA. So it, it's a tough one. Um, I've got good friendships. That's great, um, which is also, of course, really important. But in terms of like girls, um, yeah, it's, a, it's a, I, I do. It, there's a pattern with me and I meet lovely girls 
you met one of them and uh gorgeous yeah she's a lo- lovely beautiful person like in and out really is and uh and I, but i do f- I, I find it hard to um maintain anything um because just you know the practicality of it really um and what i'm realizing is that i'm i am actually I mean, this, this interview's gone a different way now, hasn't it? But I'm actually, I, I'm really intrigued by it. I really want connection. I think, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, connection's maybe one of the most important things on the planet. And you uh, think you fear commitment because your lifestyle has been set up to allow you to avoid it in some respects in that area of your life? I, I don't think so. Um, I don't like th- Oprah, I am coming for you. <laughs> I'm just looking behind me to see if I have a couch to lie down on. Uh, no, I don't think I fear commitment. Because yeah. I, I, uh, you are quite committed to the things that you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, I hope every girl heard what you said then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, 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 I'm definitely open to, you know, a a really mutually, um, a, you know, exciting, proper, deep relationship because okay. I've had a few girlfriends in the past, yeah. But uh, you know, my lifestyle doesn't allow for, you know, th- that all the time. So, do you ever see marriage and kids as something that you'll do as a part of your your list? Um, I look, I don't know. I, uh, I kids. I'd love to have a kid. Yeah. Um, I'd love to adopt a kid too. Yeah, I, I me just, too. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Well, everyone goes on about like puppies and stuff, and I love animals. Yeah. Um, and it's great, you know, the trend now is to get a rescue dog or yeah. whatever. And, you know, there are all these kids. There are millions of kids. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know the stats. I told yeah. you that earlier. But there are probably a million and there's one children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the fact is there's 17 kids who don't have parents. Yeah. And uh, why would I not try and do that if I've got love to give and I'm able to help? So, yeah, so there's that. And then marriage. I don't really know about the concept of marriage. I, I, I mean, I, not to say anything about being, you know, with someone, monogamy, blah, blah, blah. Who knows? But, like, I... Uh, no, I, I, I would like connection. Connection yeah. for me is crucial, and I'd love to have a partner who is right by me. I can support. They can support. It's just a beautiful thing, yeah. and, I, and I, I, I don't have that yet. Yet, because I, I can speak from experience. When I first met my, when I met my first ex-wife, I've only got one, but anyway, sounded better. <laughs> um, she was actually in London. She was Canadian, living in London. I met her. You know, we fell in love. Uh, and then I realized pretty fast, I was like, look, if you, if, if you don't travel with me, there's not going to be a relationship. Mm. And so I actually, in the early stages, the first about 12 months, I took on every single trip I did. Right. Uh, and it was the best and the worst, you know, because she got to see, we got to build a relationship. But after a while, she was becoming burnt out because of the amount of travel that's involved. So, look, I really feel for where you're at, but I'm, I'm, I'm curiously watching to see where your journey goes. Yeah, as am I. I've got no idea where that ends up, but, uh, you know. It can go anywhere. Yeah. You're the kind of guy, I mean, from what I've seen, you have the, this incredible innate power to just be able to manifest the things that, you know, that just, you know, suit what it is, what you want to do. <laughs> yeah. But I am curious to know, like, let's, let's, let's talk about the rest of the world now. Why should someone consider doing, you know, a list, creating a hundred things list? Well, it's a list of things that you think will make you a better person, help you grow, help you connect with yourself and others. And I don't think there's anything more important. Mm. So if, if there are people, you know, listening and they're like, oh, I've never really considered a list. Why not? You know, it, it doesn't make any sense to not know what it is that's going to make you a better person uh, and make you happy and smile. Like, as I said, like my, my priority when I came up with the list was to be happy. That yep. was my defining thing. I just wanted so to that be- that was the overarching umbrella. Right. What yeah. are the things, hundred things that will make me happy? Put a yeah. smile on my face. And of course, like, you know, I, I've learned a lot since that. And, you know, what's happiness versus contentment versus fulfillment. And now I think it's about, I'm just trying to be me. But I, yeah. I think, um, you know, yeah, if if-, if what I the driving thing for me is I, I remember thinking imagine if I'm on be- my deathbed and I have a you know I'm, I'm I'm blessed with a moment to look back at my life and I look at it just for a moment before I die and I go oh shit I wish I did that differently I, 
couldn't even be worse. So that that's it for me. And so that's why a list is important because it allows you to make sure that you don't have that final regret mm. if you're lucky enough to have a moment to think about it. Mm. Um, so yeah. I mean, what, what could be, I mean, fundamentally, take away all the materialistic constraints and the pressures and the generational trends and all those things. What does anyone want? Anyone, everyone, I think, just wants to feel good. Yeah. Really. And, and so that's it. Do you think most people are looking in the wrong place? Completely. Yeah, definitely. And it's not necessarily their fault. You know, we, we live in a very interesting society where, you know, there's a blueprint. We, 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 you know, finish school, go to university, further education, get a job, a number of jobs, a career, save money, accumulate wealth to buy a house, a car, a family. Not to buy a family. But I guess the question is, whose blueprint is that? Yeah. You know, it's the Hollywood blueprint. Right. You know, it's not necessarily the human blueprint. Yeah. And there's a lot of, and, it, and that works for some people. There's yeah. nothing wrong with career, house, blah, blah, blah. That's great. But there are a lot of people out there who I've met who are grossly unhappy because they have followed it very successfully. Yeah. But they're like, well, this doesn't resonate with me. And the question is, well, who are you? And that's the list. And I think that's what's really important for a lot of people maybe to recognize. It works really well until it doesn't. Mm. And it takes a level of awareness or self-consciousness to work out, okay, when does it stop working? Mm. And then, okay, now that it's not working, what next? And that's where I, I think your genius is really, you know, once you reach that point where, okay, I, I feel like something's missing, let me clearly define the things that make me happy. What are some of the benefits that you've seen, not just in your own life, because we've heard some of that, but let's talk about perhaps some other people that you've heard have gone, they've heard you talk, they've followed your story, they've read the book, and they've gone, fuck, I want to I wanna do what Seb's doing, I'm going to do the list. What have you heard? Like, what's been some of the... Oh, I mean, cr- crazy things. Um, and I don't know most of them. Um, I'll hear, you know, I'll do a talk and someone will come up to me afterwards and I'll get this a lot and they'll say, that's, that's changed my life. Now, who knows whether that goes on. To, I'd like to think that 100% of the audience walk out and they're like, wow, my, I'm about to change my life. Maybe it's only 2%. I got no idea. But I've, lives have been saved. I get, I get contacted frequently by people who are considering taking their life. And that I, I actually got one recently from someone who said, you don't know me, but nine months ago I was on the brink of taking my life and I didn't because I heard of your story and all the messaging, et cetera, wow. in that. So it can be as deep as that. Um, I spoke at an event the other day and someone said, you've just made me realize that I, uh, and, and also by the way, some of this will sound bad, but it's, uh, the, the grand scheme of thing, I think it's very positive. Someone said, I'm in a relationship, a girl actually was, so I'm in a relationship that doesn't serve me and I've known that for a long time, I'm gonna make a change. She emailed me maybe two weeks after, there was a kid involved and she said I, I had to separate. It's the best thing for everyone involved and I completely agree. People are changing jobs, which is great. Because um, the fear of course is, I remember doing a talk for, uh, and I can't remember who it was, but years ago, and the, the, the client, and they're a big client, um, I remember having lots of meetings, uh, and they said, look, our fear is that we don't want anyone to leave. We don't want anyone to quit work afterwards, right? <laughs> and I was like, that's so interesting because if, if what I'd like to think is I go in, I'd speak, I'd flick a light on and people were like, oh, okay, I can see now. And 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 if you're, if you're fearful as the person above that, that people are seeing, are having clarity in their life, well, that's really selfish. You know, you wouldn't have the same, you know, um, opinion if it was your kids. You'd, of course you want your kids to be happy. And yes, there might be ma- mass disruption if everyone went, right, I'm not happy here, I would be happy there. But the way it would all fall down and, and end up is, is good. There'd be mass disruption, but the world would be a better place. I don't think I'm answering, I'm answering your question in any no, way, shape or form. Beautifully. But uh, yeah, I, 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 there's, it doesn't have to be a major tweak. Some people, some people after my talk go, do you know what? Um, I feel brilliant. I, I'm actually just doing exactly what I need to do. I'm very empowered. It's re-engaged me with work. It's re-engaged me with my family and friends. 
and for others it's a big change you know it's funny because when the girls first put you forward uh, it was Marin who first put you forward prof it's got to be over a year ago <laughs> um, and then your name kept on getting dropped name kept on getting dropped and then they, one of the girls Marin was on maternity leaves and then one of the girls put your name forward for the last event that we did and I did have this twinkling of a thought of well, fuck, the last thing I want to do is really disrupt people's lives and get them, you know, wandering off into the sunset. And I was like, send me over the video. Let me have a look at his video. And I don't know if you remember what I said. Yeah. I started watching your video and I actually started to cry. Like I'm talking and I'm actually getting emotional now even just thinking about it because I realized I'd actually lost connection with something inside me that had driven me you know, very at an incredible level when I was very young, which is to, to do the things that you really love. But then all of a sudden, you know, life takes hold, um, success takes hold, uh, and then this, this, th- these roles in life take hold. You know, the role of being a father, the role of being a, you know, a, a son, an ex-husband, the role of being an entrepreneur, the role of being a leader. And then you almost feel like a little bit kind of trapped. Mm. And then I was like, I felt in that moment a little bit of light just crack and shine back through again. But then at the same time, I was like, wow, this is, this is big. This is, and there's been a significant number of things that have happened since I watched that video, which has been really quite interesting. Hmm. But what I'm curious to know from you is do you ever feel a level of responsibility? Because you, you obviously have a great power, you know, and I don't just mean as a, as a human being. I mean, as a, as a philosopher and as a teacher, you have this incredible, immense power mm. to be able to share your story with people that changes them in, you know, in, in some cases, psychological, physiological, neurological, uh, and life-changing ways. But do you ever look back on that and go, holy shit, and you have that Spider-Man moment with great power comes great responsibility. I, I, I need to be careful how I use this. Yeah, I think there's, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't claim to be the person who uh, will change your life. I don't claim that I have you the You don't, but tool. you are. Let's just be clear. Sure. You're not making the claim, but you are having that impact. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, there's great impact for sure. But I, I try and do it in a way that empowers the individual to make their own choices and they make it based not on an exciting 60-minute talk, but on a, you know, a deeper searching of themselves. So they have, you know, that's their safety net. The, whatever change they decide to make in their life, it's because of them. They've realized it, so they're going to empower it and so in that sense I don't feel a, 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 a sense of um, responsibility should it not work for them um, don't mean it that way let me let me clarify to keep doing what you do ah oh no I love it yeah, yeah. I mean I, I feel like I, I, I do feel so yeah okay um, no I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't stop doing what I'm doing because I think it's really important is there a responsibility yep and I'm very careful with how I word things I'm very careful yeah, with yeah, what I, I do I, I um, yeah I uh, yeah yeah it's a good question. I haven't answered it very well, but um, that there is a sense of responsibility, but I think I do it in a, in a measured way. Thankfully, I think I'm a pretty measured person, yep. um, as well as being you know a little bit weird and crazy. But you know, with that stuff, I take it really seriously, and uh, and I'm only, I, I'm sharing my experience, and I think you know a lot of people see themselves in me somehow, you yep. know, um, and uh, and so you know I just see us all part of like a team, I guess, in a way. So uh, you know, are you uh, a spiritual dude? I don't even know exactly. Religious? No. Um, Atheist? I, no. I, 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 God. Scientologist? I, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just keep going until no, I get there. Well, I live in Venice, by the way, yeah, in LA. Right. So, okay. I, I mean, I, I must be spiritual because yeah. even just like a byproduct of sitting in a cafe there, you yeah, hear you, about, you, you know, enli- I hear you become enlightened just drinking the fucking cheese, the chai tea there. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. There's a cafe there called Air One yeah. and uh, <laughs> it is it is such a hot spot for interesting conversations. Really? I mean, every full moon, there's an intention party. Um, wow. I 
wow. I went to a channeling thing the other night. I mean, it's it's crazy. I love it, it's, yeah. uh, but I, you know, I'm equally like I'm I'm I think I'm justifiably critical or skeptical, but I'm also open minded. Yep. Am I spiritual? Yeah, I think so. I don't really know what it even means, but I do think there's more to life than what we see and t- can touch. Um, and I think there's an amazing amount of like I don't think there's anything s- s- like a coincidence. I don't think I don't think. Do you li- think you have some kind of a collaboration with a higher power that allows you to? perhaps manifest you know certain things that you direct your mind towards yeah i think so i, I yeah because a lot of people say it's like it's, it's magic or something like oh uh, I, I wanted to go on a holiday to bali and now i can see all these great rates and flights to bali like i don't think it's magical like i think like you say no, it's you, called your fucking messenger being on your phone listening to your conversations <laughs> that's right? true it's so true so uh yeah look there's there's definitely an and i'm exploring this still yeah. I, I can't even answer the question again yeah. I, I can't, I, am i spiritual i don't know but i would say yeah i am for sure there's there's stuff out there we 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 are incredible as individuals. We are even more incredible as, as a community and in a group. And uh, I have a huge faith in people. I think we, you know, that as sometimes things get bad, uh, you know, with people and behaviors that we, you know, we hear about on the news. But I'm much more of an optimist and I don't see anything but good. I, I really don't. Every single day, like coming in here, seeing your smiling face. But I got a beautiful tour of your office, but people are good. Yeah. People are good. And I think when you're like living on purpose, you're around good people, you're a good person, magic happens. And if that's spirituality sure so is there a structure to the way that people create a list so I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people right now going fuck this is amazing I need to, I need to, I need to do a list alright uh, yeah. I've got a pen got a paper Okay, fuck, where do I start? Like, is, is there a methodology to your madness? Yeah, I've created a bit of a methodology to it. Yep. Um, having said that, when I did it, I was just, you know, I was in Canada, I was 24, I just heard my friend had passed, and I, it was much more of a shotgun approach. I just got a bit of paper and went, right, wow, look at all that stuff that's popped up. Yeah, right. Again, retrospectively, um, I, you know, so I do workshops, right? And so I talk about, again, values, strengths, all those kind of cliche things, but I think they're crucial in moving forward. I think before you start a list, you've got to have clarity. Um, I think this idea that you can press pause in your life, take a step back, look at what's happened. How did you get to where you are? You can't change that, but it's really important you understand that, who you are, how you've acted, etc. Uh, and then I think it's about knowing exactly where you are, being super honest, super candid. Simple questions work really well. Am I happy? Am I being the best father, mother, brother, friend, colleague, boss, whatever? Um, if I continue in this direction and you can kind of like, you know, continue that line on, what's forecasted? Is that good? Am I in a, going in a good direction? Is that goal that seems the direction I'm going, is that something that's going to make me happy? If so, great. Go in and just keep on going. You know, your, your goals, are, they seem to be all aligned. Great. If you're back there, though, like I was at 24, and you go, shit, oh, I'm going in a terrible direction. I don't even know where I'm going. I don't, you know, it's time for you to empower yourself by making goals that really resonate with your values. So I would say in, a, in the simplest form, the methodology is understand where you've come from, know where you are, be honest. It's not good or bad. It just is. And then if you're going in a good direction, continue. If not, start making goals. At that point, once you've got this list that are, I'll say it again it's so important, that are values driven, it's just about committing to them. And understanding that opportunity is probably the next step. How do you create opportunity? How do you respond to opportunity? Um, and if you're able to do both of those things, which again is there's a bit of a methodology methodology to that, you'll get to you know you'll get to your goals. So when you, because sometimes people hear the word values and they go, well, how do I know what my values are? How how would you direct someone to determine or identify what their values are? Um, so I mean, there's a million values exercises out yep. there. Um, so I again, like this this workshop stuff that I do, um, you know, you kind of I, I try and delve into it in a, in a creative little way, but. Um, it, it, 
I would I teach usually by using my own experience, which is you know really the only thing I absolutely know. Um, if I look back at my list of the hundred things, you could probably put them into three, four, maybe five different baskets of values. For me, back then as a twenty eight year old um, creating my list, it was all about you know the adventure, the liberation, the uh, wanting to get out of my comfort zone. The um, and these aren't you know specifically acknowledged values, but like the the idea is similar. But the, uh, the things that are important to you was adventure. The things that were important yeah. to you were getting to become a zone. And that's a fundamental what a value is. It's something that what's important to you, right? Yeah. And I was very sheltered growing up. Um, and I thought, I just want to explore. I want to see what I'm capable of. I wanted to test myself. So all the things on there are, you know, like you say, walking across the country or doing an Ironman or doing stand-up comedy to see how I, you know, I'm affected by that amount of pressure. Um, and, you know, I think everyone's is different. But as I said, my list, you could probably put them into three, four, maybe five different baskets of values. And, uh, and that's that. So now I teach, well, if you know what your baskets of values are in the first place, um, uh, you can then start cre- creatively and, and uh, succinctly putting together a list that is, you know, you can just, for example, if you had two values, whatever they are, love and connection, you could go, right, what's going to, wh- what kind of list could I come up with that's, that's attributed to that? And it's, you know, spend more time with family, take someone out for dinner, organize more catch-ups with your friends. I mean, it's as simple as that. It really is. And the, the interesting thing is when you give yourself permission, which is the first step, I believe, if you give yourself permission, a split-second decision to go, right, I'm going to think about myself. I'm I'm going to acknowledge who I am. I'm going to explore my values, my principles, etc. You'll know straight away there's a few things on there. And there's a million ways to preface the question too, like all the thought um, or the activity. If you were to die in a month, what would you do? I actually gave a talk in Seattle two weeks ago and there was a monk uh, who spoke before me and I can't remember his name. You may have heard of him. He's Australian. Dan, Dan Patani. Dan, uh. I feel bad. I can't remember his name. Anyway, he did this thing where... He asked the lady in the front row, he said, if you've got three hours to live, what would you do right now? And she said, oh, I don't know. Oh, interesting question. He said, well, would you say at the conference? And she said, no. He goes, what would you do? She goes, I'd leave, I'd drive to my family back home and I'd spend my three hours with them, tell them how much I love them, I'd, t- I'd touch them, I'd hug them, et cetera, et cetera. And he said, okay, on the way home, if there was a shop, your favorite shop and everything was free in there, would you go in to get something? And she said, no, absolutely not. He's like, okay. He goes, if the phone rang and it was someone not in your family, would you pick up? She said, no. And he said, isn't it interesting how you get time and you just squash it, condense it down to a very limited, finite thing. Your clarity exponentially grows instantly. Mm. And so, yeah, and it's just such a a great way of putting it. Um, Time reduces, but your clarity increases and it's a direct relationship. So, I mean, yeah, if you, I mean, you don't even have to go through this values kind of exercise to put a list together. I think you should. I think it's a very good way of doing it. But straight away, if I said to you, if you had a billion dollars, if you had a limited amount of time, um, if the only thing of importance today was that you went to bed with a smile on your face, what would you do? And people know. The, The common answer, by the way, is travel. I'll travel. That's the most common thing I hear. But I think you can go deeper than that. What country? Where? Why? How? What type of backpacking? What type of is it? Is it you know high end? Um, and 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 also the other thing that's just interesting. I'm kind of babbling now, but lists don't have to be extreme. Like you list, you know, the, the things you've said that I've done on my list. Yeah, they're pretty abstract, pretty extreme. It can be. And I did a workshop recently with a bank, and the one of the high ups in the bank, I got everyone to share. So people wanted to go paragliding. Someone wanted to go rock climbing. Um, the, the the boss essentially stood up and said, "I want to hug my dad," and he said it as he cried. And everyone around cried. Wow. Lists can be anything. The only important thing on a list, no matter how you get to it, whether you do a values exercise or whether you just shotgun it onto a bit of paper, the only thing that matters is that it's meaningful to you. That's it. 
I can imagine when people do this, and you may have had this experience yourself, that some of your friends and family go, uh-oh, cuckoo, Some, <laughs> somebody's been smoking the wacky tobacco, someone yeah. maybe went and, you know, didn't come back from that trip. Like, mm. I can only imagine that you or the people that you've worked with have had friends and family, you know, that go, hang on, what are you doing here? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. How do you deal with that? Well, I mean, now I've learned to not care. Yeah, <laughs> it just doesn't matter. But uh, you know, when I left, my 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 mum didn't support me at all. Everyone laughed at me. I almost didn't. I, I used to be very. We all have reasons and excuses as why we don't do stuff. Yep. And uh, one of my, you know, including money, fear of uh, fear of failure, fear of success, all those things, right? Standard things. Uh, one of mine was I was really affected by. Um, Opinions. I used to hate people having an opinion of me um, I, for whatever reason. I almost didn't go on a hundred things my, my, this trip, my, my life, right? Because my best mate said to me two days before leaving, I was down at Woolloomooloo. He said, uh, what are you doing? That is stupid. It makes no sense. You're 28. You need to you know, be serious with your life type thing. And I almost didn't go because it affected me so much. So wow. yeah, to those people who, I mean, and, and it, look, I love Dave. If he's listening, Dave, I love you. Um, I don't Fuck judge you, him. Dave. Yeah, <laughs> but also that. No, I, yeah, you're always going to get, pro- I, I, I think after the event that I did with you, someone came up to me and said, um, uh, my parents, my parents will not allow me to do this. And I said, well, it's not your parents, it's you. And don't be scared. Like, do it. At the end of the day, you die alone. You know, your parents probably won't be here. Um, uh, you, you've got to be happy. Like, you've got to be able to close your eyes at night and just go, I'm proud. I'm so happy I'm choosing to live this way. And if you have one at 1% of uh, obligation, you're living through obligation or fear of upsetting or roughly, like you're, you, yeah, that's wrong. And there's no other way to put it. You can sugarcoat it, and, you know, and I could do, try and do that. But at the end of the day, to your point... I'm not going to sweat. Well, no. You fuck, can. Fuck them. Fuck them. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's true. And you can do it in a polite way. Exactly. Yeah. Like, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, you are, like, incredible. Before we wrap this up, Kindsome. Mm. Tell me about the, the origins, the genesis, uh, and the future of Kindsome. What it's, what's it all about? How can we all help? Um... Yeah, so it's 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 my. I think it's my life's work. If I it's your gonna, legacy, right? Ah, uh, completely. Yep. Um, number twenty six on my list was to help a stranger, and I did that by helping a guy called Mark who was in a wheelchair complete a half marathon. So I pushed him. He asked me to push him. Uh, he had Lyme disease. Really tragic story. We've become good friends. I've never felt as successful. Maybe to go back to one of your first questions, as yeah, right. as, as I did that day, I felt completely changed and instantly obsessed with helping. What was interesting about that race is that we, by the time we finished the race, there were more people helping than had begun. People want to help. We innately are wired to help each other out. That's the full circle of life. That's living a good life, I believe. After you've helped yourself with your own list, you've got to help others. And uh, anyway, so I I then started getting approached by a lot of people around the world who needed help. People in wheelchairs, people who are not in wheelchairs, people who are very poor, people who are very wealthy, people who lived in the middle of uh, tiny towns, people who lived in the middle of huge cities. And I just found that I was making a huge difference to people. I stopped my list. I just traveled the world helping people. That was turned into a show um, and all that great stuff very fun kind of colorful stuff but the problem was even in the show for every one person we were helping 26 episodes helped 26 people it's glorified wow how amazing it was it's called it's, it's titled a reality show the actual reality is for every one person we helped there were plenty more we didn't help and i thought well how do i how do i fix this then i was approached by all these people who were sort of following my journey saying we know you help people how uh, we want to help people do you know anyone 
And I was like, wow, I'm in the middle of this like interesting marketplace where I'm getting approached every day by people who need help. I'm also getting approached now by people who want to help. I just need to connect them. And that was the the genesis or the, the you know the catalyst for Kindsome. It's an online it's almost like a dating platform, but for acts of kindness. You can go on there. If you need help, you can just post where you are, what your project is, non-financial acts of kindness, and you can put it on a map and it's populated. If you want to help, which everybody does, everybody does, um, you can go there, put in your location, choose a category. You know, it could be last wish, could be an animal, could be advice, could be elderly, whatever, um, and someone will pop up in your area. And if you want to help them, you can just read their profile. You can directly message them, and that's that. Kindsome. Where is it? Kindsome, K-I-N-D-S-U-M.com. That's where it's at right now. And I'm on Instagram and stuff too. It's very early. It's been a really interesting journey the last year and a half trying to get to where I am now. Uh, I got offered plenty of money, all this kind of stuff from investors, brands wanting to get on board, um, all the things. And I basically thought, I don't think that feels right. So I'm doing it myself. The the actual site got built by inmates in a prison, San Quentin prison. Did I tell you that? Yes, I remember you saying that. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. So I gave this talk in a prison. Uh, so all donations go offshore into a dark web account. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Yeah. So anyway, so these 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 prisoners currently incarcerated oh, wow. dudes who are the program's called the Last Mile. That's by the way, rehabilitation. Yeah, it is. It's incredible. So they've created the site. So it's all very organic. Um, I'm responding to everyone who gets on board. Um, you know, they're, they're, as I said, we're, we're helping. This is a global with, movement. It'll be global if yeah. this thing works, which I think it will. It'll. I, uh, I, I, why am I double, che- what, double taking it myself? It work. Everybody right now, open your phone, get on your laptop, go to kindsum.com, check it out. Yeah. And just register. Register. And, and, and also subscribe. There's a thing there to subscribe. We're slowly building up the amount yep. of people who need help because okay. in our society, it's almost too vulnerable. Yeah. You know, it's a sign of weakness, we think, to ask for help. But it's not. By asking for help, you actually create an opportunity for somebody to do what they're here to do, which is help. And nice. connect. So, yeah, um, uh, it, I think it could change the world. I really think it could change the world. So, Kindsome, you're also on Instagram, se- at Seb100Things. That's it, yeah. Kindsome's on Instagram as well. Yeah, Kindsome. it's all there. I'm trying to figure out the whole social media thing. But, yeah, Mate, I'm there. Let's we'll get you now and Scarlett. You've also got a book. Yeah, I've got a book. I've yeah. got a book. Yeah, it's called 100 Things. Um, and it's about kind of the first part of the journey. And it ends when I start, when I realize that it's actually all about helping people. I actually just turned down an, another book offer. I, I, I've got three or four books I want to write. Um, yeah, there's all that. I mean, there's all that beautiful stuff. There's this online workshop, which is, it, I've done physical workshops, which have been amazing and life changing, but it was, I just couldn't do them that much more because yeah, I, right. I, it's just so much time. So there's an online version I'm about to release. I mean, there's so many things. I, I yeah, I, I don't want to turn this into, hey, everyone go to the things that no, I'm doing. That's but, my job. So okay. shut up and do as you're told. <laughs> you're also an incredible speaker. Mm. You know, you speak for all sorts of people, no matter what. And, and look, as someone who you know hired you and brought you in, and I I'm obviously have no affiliation with this whatsoever. The only affiliation I have is you're a fucking good dude mm. doing really bloody good stuff, and you're really inspiring. Like the way that you touched our community because our community are entrepreneurial by virtue, uh, all business owners. And most people go, well, what's the connection between, you know, someone, 100 things and entrepreneurialism? And the way that you touched our audience, um, mate, it was incredible. And the fact that no one pressed charges was even better. <laughs> um, I should have kept my clothes on. <laughs> yeah. But no, seriously, if you're looking for a speaker, 
I can't recommend you enough. Um, Thank you. Do you have your own website as well, like uh, seb100things.com? I have, uh, well, there's 100 things, um, which is .com.au, which is the, uh, the, you know, the site where it's kind of like a a community of people sharing their goals. It's very goals driven. You can chat to people, there's forums. I actually need to update the site a little bit. Um, But yeah, there's that. There's 100things.com.au and now there's kindsome.com. You can listen to every single podcast I've ever done and I've never been this promotional. Really? Honestly, never. (laughs) I never give this much airtime to direct traffic, but it's worth it because you're oh, doing thanks. really good stuff. I appreciate uh, that. So, mate, um, if there's one last thing you'd like to leave people with, what would it be? Give yourself permission right now to consider your list um, and to give yourself permission to live and find out who you are. If you're already on that journey, um, help someone else do the same. Brilliant. Uh, Seb, it's an absolute honor. I feel like an honor and a privilege oh, to mate, have met you on awesome. my journey. Thank oh, you. No, seriously. Uh, you're a really kind, bright, lit, lit up soul. You're working up and I, I appreciate what you're doing for the world. So, mate, keep going. Cool. Thanks, man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Gotcha. That was fucking awesome. That was awesome. Oprah, I'm coming for you. Uh, that was really <laughs> fun. That was this great. This episode was brought to you by Nail It and Scale It, the world's leading fast growth program for business. There you have it, guys. Thanks for tuning in to Unstoppable with me, your host, Kerwin Ray. And do me a favor. Don't forget to drop me a review on iTunes. Would love to hear what you think. I love reading what you guys have to say. And your reviews make sure we keep creating killer content just like this. If you want to stay up to date with me and all my movements, please jump onto the website, kerwinray.com. And also check us out on social media, at Kerwin Ray. 